Listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All our current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years' experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Medic Materials Podcast. My name is Mike Turek. I am here with paramedic intern Kelsey, Gerard, and Emily as always. And uh, today it was a very exciting day. We have a couple announcements and a, uh, a big plot twist in the show that's going to come in a little bit. Uh, but first, oh, oh yeah, there's, oh yeah there's <laughs> a, there is a plot twist. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be festive. And we all know my levels of like... Festive Interesting, versus not cool, festive. festive, like not festive. It's definitely in the festive category. Hmm. So, um, we're feeling Christmassy. Interesting. Yeah. And, it's going to be interesting. You guys just wait. The listeners already know we're we're doing a two-part discussion this month. It's going to uh, we're going to do the first part today and then on the 15th we're going to wrap up that uh, that discussion because it's so big that it has to eclipse two episodes. Wow. So, yeah, it's 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 a cool cool month. It's a really cool month. For Even though really it's hot month of August. A really hot month of August. It's really cool. All right, so before we start the uh, the discussion and the surprises, let's go to Kelsey and her rig check. So guys, today's rig check is going to be super short and sweet and to the point because Turek's got a huge announcement to make. So we want to shout out our listeners in Peru, Chile, and Rhode Island today. And we are asking that you go check out our Teespring page to purchase some Medic Materials merch and that you can also support us by rating and reviewing the podcast on whatever streaming platform you listen from. Also, if you guys have any really great calls that you'd like us to review, please click the link below. And now for the big announcement. Well, one of the big announcements. Not the plot twist, just the announcement. materials like organization has finally come to the point where we've gotten so much support that we're now asking for further support in that we are opening our patreon page so uh The uh, the Patreon page is now open. The link is in the show notes in the description of this video and or this episode. It will be in everything, our link tree, our Facebook, everywhere that you can find links, it will be. Um, I, I first want to ask you guys, have you ever been a card-dripping rookie, Emily? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Gerard, have you ever been a salty veteran? Nope. No, not yet. <laughs> I've been a beaten down, broken human being. Yes. 
Not a salty veteran, though. Specifically. Yeah, I think I skipped right over that part. Okay. Yeah, Wait, do I need again. to remind you of the RMA from the last episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point there. That is true. <laughs> he was the 20-foot medic. Like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm done. done with this already. Sign here for charge. Just like we're back and fill up the line. Here you go, buddy. Nobody cares about me. You got that right. So, yes. <laughs> we're totally <doing it. laughs> So... Uh, and Kelsey, have you ever been a seasoned provider? No. No? No, I'm still brand new at this. She, she is the card-dripping rookie, right? Yep. So uh, I label these specifically because um, we're not asking for a lot of like monetary donations. You can be a card-dripping rookie at $2. You can be a seasoned provider at $5 a month. Or you can be a salty veteran at $7 a <laughs> month. The really cool thing about that is... Is that at the five and seven dollar levels, you get really cool shit. So at the season provider, no, no, I'm, I am totally gonna, I am going to inform them of their really cool shit. So, um, the Bernie Madoff podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we're gonna take your money. We're gonna invest it in nothing. Right. It's real bullshit. Trust me. So uh, podcasting from Barbados this week. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna no. make poor Kelsey faint over here. I just faint came back. So, but on a serious note, it would be kind of cool to like get like you know, new microphones and some extra stuff. Well, so and that's it. So you know, it's a little bit better. It's not like we're gonna get rich off, right? And that's it. So like with the Patreon page, you know the the support that's given via monetary, you know, donations monthly is going to be going to new equipment, new cameras, you know, bigger spaces. Uh, if I can get a like outside video editor, so all I have to do is you know, make videos and then send off all the stuff so they can edit it. That would be huge for mm. getting more content out. So we want to say thank you to the, the patrons that do sign up in being able to give you guys more EMS education content. So the season provider, $5 per month is going to get you a third podcast episode per month. So we're going to sit and record a Patreon only podcast. So if you want that third episode, you go subscribe and become a VIP Patreon as a uh, as a season provider. You're also going to be able to get your name shouted out by Kelsey in her rig check. So we're going to pick nice. out a few and, you know, just be like, hey, thank you on air every month. You know, as a thank you to you being a seasoned provider. So anyone out there who's going to use the name Michael Oxmall? (laughs) (laughs) Or Seymour Butts? We're on to you. (laughs) No, because the sad fact is I'm going to read it until he starts laughing. Hey, that is hung low. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true, though. She is. And we are talking about EMS. Creativity knows no bounds. That's so true. So, uh, if. So that's the season provider. If you want even more content, uh, you become a salty veteran. That's only $7 a month. You're going to get. 
um, access to help creating the next podcast episode. You're going to be able to, you know, interact in Patreon only polls so that I put up like, here are four topics for the next video. You guys get to decide which video I make next. You guys get to decide what we talk about on the, on the podcast next. So you guys get to really, you know, become real con- you know contributors and 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 shape the yeah. show exactly you're also going to get access to me via our medic materials discord server every monday Ooh, at nice. 10 a.m for an hour so this is like my personal time that i'm setting away for anyone that is a salty veteran patreon and those patrons only so they can come on and they can just be like hey how was your week talk about bullshit I love fishing. Talk about fishing. I'll talk about it for an hour. Don't care. Or you could be like, hey, I'm in medic school. I need this question answered. I need this help. Mm-hmm. I'll study with you. I'll do whatever. I'm going to bring you guys in. Um, so, you know, you can meet the cast. You can, you know, ask ask the cast questions. Was it cast be- now? Well, aren't we a cast that, of people? That is true. Like, no, I feel like it's a I family. I casting couch. I mean. <laughs> How'd that go? How much money did you make? Or was it those like <laughs> secret ones that they use you and then? Yeah, it was one of those ones where I crawled back to Iowa with tears. <laughs> you know? Sorry about that. <laughs> Previous life stuff. Um, and just know that in you know, no matter what type of uh, you know Patreon subscriber you are, you get access to everything that's underneath you. So Ooh. if you're that's a awesome. salty veteran, you get access to that you know full length podcast. You get access to the, the rig check, the whole shebang. So uh, that is the one big announcement. Dude, Again, be able to afford a microphone for Kelly. That's true. We might be. Damn. We're picturing on missing on a milk cart. <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's very true. Yeah. It's very true. So that is the one large announcement. Now I'm going to shift to the plot twist to the episode. Oh, boy. Okay? And I am handing over full control of the show today. One of the boys. <laughs> that would be really cool, right? They just sing into the into the bike, oh, like be playing Star Wars and stuff. Yeah, that's stuff. all they would do. No, Kelsey is actually going to present oh. the entire episode. Ooh, go girl! Interesting. So I am now going to be an observer, like you guys. So, guys, for the entire month of August, we are going to be talking about how to get through paramedic school and what to do once you graduate. So, as everybody knows, I start school in August. Actually, when this episode is released, I will be starting classes in exactly a month. Which is pretty exciting, but also super terrifying, especially because I'm pretty new in this field. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, if it doesn't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. So I feel like that's really what I want to put into this episode, because I know that there are a ton of people who are in my exact same position right now and have a million questions. So we actually posted and wanted to know what other people in my position were thinking. So this entire episode is made out of questions from people in my spot that we want you guys to answer. Okay, so I know that there are a lot of people in my position where they're excited and they're terrified about everything that's going to happen the next year of their life. So our most asked question basically came down to this. How do I succeed in paramedic school? And, whoa. That's an apple. (laughs) That is an apple. You know, my Samsung doesn't ever do that. Doesn't ever do that? Okay. My Huawei doesn't do that. (laughs) So the most asked question came down to how do I succeed in paramedic school and then as a brand new paramedic? So we are going to... Ding. See, it's not as easy as you think. (laughs) He's a little high stress. 
So we are going to split this into two episodes. Our August 1st episode is basically going to help all people getting through paramedic school, the best tips and tricks that we can offer. And then our August 15th episode is what to do when you are that brand new paramedic. So paramedic school alone has a lot of moving parts um, between like class, labs, lectures, outside work, clinical time. And then on top of that, most people still continue to hold down a job. So it is a lot to balance for one year. And I swear, every single person tells me that it is an entire year of your life that is just gone. So I guess I was wondering how true is that? I would I would say it's it's not just gone. It's it's sucked from you. <laughs> You're at the crossroads. You just made a deal with the devil. Just like, I'll take that soul. Thank you very much. I mean, in 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 a lighter terms, I'm going to say like, that's, that's just dead balls. We gotta have fun. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Thousand points of light. Because <laughs> some he's not bitter. You're not that's a salty great. veteran. Don't worry. <laughs> I was hoping to start off on a more positive note, but okay, that's an honest answer. <laughs> no, it, you know, in all in all, joking aside, it, I had a lot of fun. We we had a lot of fun. Yes. As, uh, for those who don't know, Michael and I went through the course together. We went through hell together. We went through hell together. It, 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 and it, it really it, was. It's like going through boot, you know, with with, with a, just a group of people. You end up gelling into this like little little cadre of a family. A family. Yeah. It I really mean, is. Yeah. You end up with you've got the crazy uncle that you know sits three rows over. You got you know you know the weird one that you don't ever invite to the party. <laughs> <laughs> the know. one that asks way too many way questions. Too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, uh, you know. But yeah, I mean it, it. You end up going through a lot of challenges and experiences together that you know. Yeah, I mean you you can't get that any other place except like I would say like going to like boot camp or something like that where. You know, you're all experiencing the same shit. You're going through the same mud, and you know you come out the other end, hopefully together. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, we had the one guy that you know was was third time through or something like that, third or fourth yeah. time through. Yep. And yeah, we all finished our written exams in the end. We're, our state tests were, you know, at that point, it's hey, you can go home and yeah, get everyone the fuck out literally could have left. Yeah, and nobody did. We all stayed. Even even people who failed. Yep, because you knew you failed the moment you got your piece of paper, mm-hmm. and there were people there that knew they failed, but stayed just to make sure that he got through. Yep, you know, so Aww. it was really cool. It, it really yeah. does. Like you know, I I could never have asked for a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gerard hits the nail right on the head in that you do create this, um, you know, it, like intrinsic bond with mm-hmm. everybody in there, whether you like them. Or you can't like, and you can't stand them. I mean, I came out with, literally, I say it all the time, the best friend I've ever had in Gerard. I met in class. Him and I didn't talk for like the first semester. Right. He had angry. You know, uh, I had angry eyebrows (laughs) and he was scared of me. Like, whoa, I don't want to deal with that (laughs) douchebag. During the time it was with resting angry (laughs) face. But, you know, eventually like, you know, uh, bonds do, you know, do form and, um, and you're all better for it. Like I rely on a lot of people from medic school, you know, when I have a question, they're your first go to because you all do the same thing for an entire year. Um, it is 
it is not an over-exaggeration that it will suck an entire year of your life. It is gone. There, There is no time to go to family parties. There's no time to go on vacation. There's no time for going, if you've got kids, like going to kids' soccer games or basketball games or whatever. Like, it is gone. Um, you know, it, it puts a significant strain on your home life. You know, and that was one of the big things that um, I I experienced going through that that year was I have a extremely strong marriage with Jess, and yet her and I hated and resented each other yeah, at the I end remember. of medic school because you know <laughs> no, I, well no it was yeah. it was it was this is God honest truth like I do not exaggerate at all. Um, if we had had two more fights, we were throwing papers at each other because it literally was like, she resented me for being gone because she instantaneously became a single parent for an entire year when the kids were super tiny and they needed a lot of mom or dad was still working and mom was still working. And now I'm working full time and I'm doing 40 extra hours of ride time and I'm going to school. I'm never home. She's always home. She was burnt. I was burnt. We resented each other by the end of it. And I blamed her for forcing me to go and being <laughs> angry with me that I did go. And it was it was not a good uh it was a terrible rough patch um after that. We were two and a half months behind on our mortgage by the end of it because she couldn't pick up extra shifts and my EMT wage didn't count for anything at that point, you know, so we were fiscally in trouble. Like there was a lot of strain. So just be aware that like you need your ducks in a row before you go like doing it in, in Kelsey's spot where she can live on campus and she's got no, I'm 18 living at home with my parents. Right. She has none of that, you know, responsibility is fantastic, you know, but once you start getting older, you're laying kids and responsibilities and families and all that stuff. Like kids. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> kids. Yeah. I was going to say on top of that, um, you know, it definitely becomes harder. So it, it think- took, it took a long time for Jess and I to recoup after that to where, you know, we're back to like, it never happened. I think that also speaks to like, Set yourself up for success. So knowing this, like put yourself in a position that you Mm -hmm. can do that and take the year off or, you know, cut back on shifts because school is going to be a lot harder than you think. Yes. And which is kind of funny because it's kind of what I did. I was working at a place that was like really, you know, super high volume. You know, you, you, you know, do 24 calls in a 24 hour in less than a 24 hour period. I mean, you, you were, you were, you were hopping, you'd finish one, you know, go right to the next one. And I ended up, leaving there going someplace else that was a little bit slower it was 911 only <clears throat> excuse me and uh, I thought I was setting myself up for success and I was like great okay this is gonna be good you know I was taking the advice of a, a really respected educator at the time who ended up passing away shortly thereafter um, but um, he was right you set yourself up and you'll have an easier go of it unfortunately in my case like the week after class started my uh girlfriend's mother got diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. so then i was running from school you know up to the cancer place to take her home from chemo then running off to work and doing all this i mean so everybody has their you know their their trials and uh and and things that will pop up in the way so you know you just gotta you know think to your head you know 
is it really something that you really truly want? And if it is, then you, you'll find a way to make it happen. That's why I don't really have a lot of sympathy when people whine about it too too much work or too much this. I'm like, yeah, no, sorry. Well, and that's no it. You know, it is <laughs> definitely it is a commitment. And yeah. if you if you are not committed to it 150 percent, you're not going to succeed. You know, and it doesn't mean that you have to quit your job and quit your family and do all that. But you do have to realize that you are going to sacrifice a whole lot. You're going to miss the birthdays. You're going to miss the, you know, the graduation or whatever. And you have to be okay with that, you know, and you're going to have to squeeze in the life events that happen, you know, the, the, the people that get sick and now you have to take care of them or, or, Hey, your car breaks down, but you still have to find a way to class. Like it is the the, the one week in, uh, when we were really crunching in, uh, uh, during the internship, you know, getting towards the end, there was a week where I spent a grand total of six hours at home mm-hmm. and they were not consecutive. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But that's yeah. something to remember too. Like life keeps happening. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't stop because you're in school. Right. right. There is no forgiveness on that. Nope. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to point fingers or, any, or anything, but you know, there, there are some people out there who, you know, a little bit of adversity or, or, oh my God, the course was just so hard. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm like, yeah, no, sorry. I'm, I don't, I don't have the sympathy for you. You know, either nut up or get the fuck out. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, ring the bell. Ding. Right? That's why I want a bell. I want a bell. I know. Okay. So not only are you guys advising that people get their ducks in a row now, we're a month out from school starts. So like Emily, you did pharmacology cards before nursing school starts. What should everybody be doing now before school starts? What do you struggle with? Panicking. <laughs> <laughs> Positive thinking. You know, I think that when you go into school, actually in anybody, you can be an 18 year old girl still living at home. You just graduated high school. So you know where your weak points are learning. Um, You really have to focus on like how you learn and the best way to study for you. But then I know I'm strong in pharmacology now. But dear God, when I first started nursing school, I was horrendous. But I knew that. So I started that before nursing school because that was not going to be my weak point. So I think just know yourself and put extra work in. It'll be easier to do it in the month with no time limit on it. Get what you can. It's going to be a lot easier for the entire program if you start it early. Yeah, and that's just it. I mean, you, you get out what you put in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you put in shit, you're going to get shit out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're talking about programs that I don't know how they all are, but I know the one we went to, you know, and this is, there's no hyperbole. There's no exaggeration here. We had a, one of our friends his wife gave birth to their daughter the night before class. Mm-hmm. It was a snowstorm. He was driving from the hospital to the class, got stuck behind a snowplow. He'd been up all night giving birth to their child, their mm-hmm. first child. He got the class 10 minutes late and they were like, yes, yeah, sorry, you missed the quiz. You get a zero. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, and, that, and that's just, yeah. you know, certain programs are like that. You know, ours was, again, we don't know how others were, you know, others are, um, you know, I, I look at it in how you're preparing in twofold. I agree with Emily wholeheartedly. You have to, you know, especially like me, it was a long time from the time I went to college to the time that I went back to school to be a paramedic, a paramedic. So, you know, it took a lot of soul searching in like, how do I have to study? Am I still good at writing notes? You know, I, I really, I've been trying to learn cardiology while I'm an intermediate, but I really suck at it. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus a little bit more on that. Um, 
but it's also learning how to walk into paramedic school on the first day being humble because if you like, you could be a provider for 20 years, you could be a provider for 10 months, you could be a provider for however long. And now you're taking that leap. I'm going to be the big bad paramedic. And you literally walk in on first day, like I'm all that in a bag of chips and you need to leave that attitude at the door because you're going to perpetuate that attitude throughout class. And by the end of it, you are going to be a terrible provider mm-hmm. because you think you know everything and you think you're so great, but you don't know boo and you're literally going to kill people. Mm-hmm. So walk in as humble as you can. Walk in, I don't know a goddamn thing. Teach me BLS stuff that I've already learned from my 13-year career mm-hmm. and now I'm transitioning to be a paramedic. That's the attitude you need to walk in first day. So I think that's a big thing, too, is everybody talks about, like, the Zero to Hero program. You get your EMT in the fall, you finish your two-year degree, you're a paramedic. So one of the big questions that a lot of people asked is, I mean, we talk about how much experience matters in this field. I mean, that freaking horse is so dead that it's decomposing at this point. <laughs> like, But how much does that actually matter? Does 20 years versus, you know, six months, where do you have to compensate on either end? Because if you've been out of school for 20 years, you've got a lot to compensate book-wise. But if you've only been an EMT for six months, you have a lot to compensate practical skills-wise. So how do you balance that? Um, you you get out what you put in. Well, yeah, you get out so, what you put in. I mean, that, that's, that really is the biggest thing. Um, but also remember, you know, we did an episode talking about how the brain changes as you are, mm-hmm. you know, incorporated in the stressful environment of EMS for a long period of time. It's harder for people that have been in this industry long term to learn because the brain chemistry literally changes, right? It makes it harder for them to learn, absorb information, be humble because they're I'm all that in a bag of chips. So I think it really, you know, it really depends on the person. You know, I've seen, uh, you know, people go in that have six months experience being a basic EMT and they flop out. And they do awful or they get their card and literally it's just a trail of dead bodies that they're leaving because it's like they can't function. They might know book stuff, but they can't function. I mean, there are people who thrive in a classroom environment. Right. The moment you put them in the real world, it's. You're in headlights. Yes, you're in headlights. Right. You know, but that can happen with the 20 year provider as well. You know, I was I was an EMT for 10 years seven as an EMT, three as an AEMT when I started medic school. And I felt like having that intermediate experience really helped with skills because I could already intubate. I could already, you know, uh, start IVs. I could already start IOs. I knew some pharmacology stuff. I was already ahead of the game. So that first semester when you're learning all your monkey skills, it came a little easier to me. So I could focus less on IV practice and more on cardiac rhythms because that's where I was really struggling at that point in time. You know, you, Kelsey, going in straight from being an EMT don't have that experience to lean on. Yeah. But yet you did a junior, you know, for three years before you even got your EMT. So I think you're better prepared than somebody else because you've seen it. It really depends on the person. I also think you need to go in and like every time I work with you, Kelsey, I know I am going to learn something from you. 
So I think you need to go in with the mindset of every single person has something to teach me. Yes. I don't care how long I've been a provider. I don't care what my certifications, what my license is. Somebody, every single person out there has mm-hmm. something to teach me. Yeah, that's a good one. No, I mean, it, uh, like I said, I, I would go along the lines of uh, if you were somebody who has, I wouldn't say completely acclimated to life you know, as an EMT, then you may have a little bit more of a, of a difficulty in, you know, if all you know is the classroom. Um, but, like, you know, she had the junior program, things like that. So if you're listening and you're thinking about doing this and you're still, like, in high school or something. Get out and ride. Yeah. Get out and ride. the junior program, explorers, whatever. Get, get Volunteer, out there and whatever. It. Well, that was prepare you for it. when I first sat down with my advisor and I was like, this is what I want to do. He flat out was, this was my senior year of high school. He flat out was like, you need to be riding at least 12 hours on an ambulance every single week. Bare minimum 12 hours. He's like, because there is no way that you are going to be prepared until you start riding. Mm-hmm. He's like, because we can teach you the best of the best, but we can't actually make you be able to be good at it and function under those high stress scenarios. So you need to be exposed to it. Yeah. You know, and and there's there's something to be said about being a, a, a seven year EMT at an agency who does 400 calls a year. And a three-year EMT at a agency that does thirty-five hundred mm-hmm. calls a year, right? There's definitely a difference. Exposure to how many calls you do, because if you don't use it, you lose it mm-hmm. in this in this business. It, it's that is a fact. Yeah, I was an EMT for two years uh, at a place where, um, you know, for our area, it was it'd be considered I guess high volume. So we were doing like thirteen thousand calls a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so yeah, after two years of that, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm ready. Let's let's light the candle. Let's get it yeah. done." You know, um, because you've had all of that, you know, call volume experience. Yeah. But you know, I've come from agencies that don't have that call volume, and you know, providers that might do, you know, eighty calls a year. Uh, you know, right. they're like, "Hey, I'm prepared," and it's like, "Are you really?" So, if you're in that situation and you're looking to go into paramedic, or even if you've already started the process and you're going this fall, find another agency, even if it's writing one day a week. Cut back on the slower agency. Go to a busier one for one twelve-hour shift a week to get that busier experience. Get more calls under your belt. Yeah. So obviously having experience gives you a lot of like positive benefits, but you're also going back to school. So like I don't have that issue because lucky me, I was in fifth grade when Common Core Math came out. So I learned how to take a really great test. Did I learn math? No, but I learned how to take a really great test. So what about people who haven't been in school for, say, 10 years, don't know how to take tests, don't know how to take notes? Best advice that you can give them? Um, That was me. uh, Practice. Yeah, I mean, I, I... Finished college in 2007, and uh, I didn't start my my medic program to what? 2010. No, 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 no the medic program. We did what? 2017. Uh, 2017. Yeah, sorry, so, yeah. yeah, ten years. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You've been a medic right. for a long time, Gerard. <laughs> no, it was 2016. That's right. We started. In, we finished in 17. Yeah. that's right. But anyway, it was like 10 years. Yeah. For me, so it was like, you know, me being the old fart. I'm like, shit, man. I got a freaking, you know. Books again, books mm-hmm. and highlighting and taking notes. I mean, what, what's all that about? You know, so yeah, I had a little bit of an issue with the uh, getting back into the mindset of being a student again. Uh, when I look around the room, I'm like, wow, everyone here is like half my fucking age. What the hell am I doing? But um, yeah, 
but no, it, it, it is a little bit more difficult, I would say. So if you've been out in the real world and you're, you know, doing things and suddenly this is what you want to do, you know, yeah, I would say be aware that becoming a student again is, is a bit of a change. And I think it's more than being a student because like in high school, I, I mean, I guess I was a good student. I got good grades, but I was like a bulimic learner. I memorized it for the test, threw it up on my paper and never thought of it again, which in this career, like you can't do you that. You can't do that. So there's got to be like an actual learning. You can't just memorize to this extent. So I feel like everybody just needs to figure out what works for them. Is it how you take notes? Is it do you do flashcards? You have to figure it out and maybe use this month period to figure out what works best for you. And and I agree. And there's so much information out there on how people learn. And, you know, back in the 1970s, it was, you know, you're an auditory learner, you're a tactile learner, you're a visual learner, whatever you are. That that whole, you know, premise has been completely debunked. Yep. People are so, you know, combined of those that you're not just a visual learner or a tactile. Like you're not just put in one box. So, you know, don't go in being like, oh, well, they're doing lecture and I'm a tactile learner. I ain't learning anything today. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. You know, go on, you know, we're in the age of information. You know, when Gerard graduated high school, there was barely internet. There, there was no internet. Well, there was. It was. It was. It was a glimmer. Like I said, there was barely yeah. internet. There it was, was a glimmer. There was, was a thing called CompuServe. Right. And you Prodigy. know. At least I had America Online when I graduated. Oh, that was so. the shit when I came out. I know. <laughs> so you know, it, you're in an <laughs> age. They're aging themselves. Wow. So, but it, it's to prove a point. When like we live in an age where there is so much information at your fingertips that people overindulge in information and they deep dive into these like rabbit holes. And it's like, figure out something that works and stick to it. You know, like it, for me, I make videos because I watch a lot of videos, right? Videos tend to stick in my mind way more than somebody that just talks to me. So I, Make videos for people that watch videos, yeah, right? And, I'm, I'm and a there's card person, right? Same. You know, well, I've never been a flashcard person. If Me that neither. teacher stands up and writes something on the board, that's the only thing I'm going to remember. I won't remember a single slide, but whatever that they hand wrote on that board, that's what I'm going to retain. I've got adult ADD, so it's like <laughs> I don't know. I, I could watch a video and you know, give me three minutes, and next thing you know, like I'm watching, you know, I don't know swinging from trees or something and we go down the YouTube hole. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I started off looking for cardiology and now there's this cat flying across the screen. <laughs> uh, you know, it, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I do flashcards. I do better just trying to pull, pull it the out of my memory. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And always go back to what you learn in class. Like once, you know, they give it, give you the information and you write it down or you listen to it or you record it or whatever, it's not just gone after that class. Go back to it, you know? Don't just keep rereading the same right. thing in the book because that is literally the worst thing that you could do is just reread the book. And use all the material that is, is available with the class, too, because, like, we was it called Moodle? Or, or yes, yeah. it's Moodle. still Moodle. Still Moodle. Yep. 
They, they put so much crap up there that, that no one ever they, accesses, but it's I there. Did. I did. I downloaded every little piece of crap that came out. Every, <laughs> see, I every, never did. Every PFD. I see what you did there. <laughs> so, so every PDF that went up there, I downloaded it. Every PowerPoint, I downloaded it. And I watched it and read it and did all this, you know, yep. print, a lot of my printed out and made a nice little, little folder of stuff I could jump back into any chance I, I needed to, you know, refresh my memory on something. So, yeah, whatever they provide for the course, use it. Workbooks. Mm-hmm. Don't just, you know, like at the end, hey, I can turn this workbook back in and get, you know, 20 bucks back because there's right. got nothing in it. Yeah. Who cares? You know? No, use it right in it. Freaking, you know, do, do the exercises. Yep. So. so what would you guys say was the hardest subjects to learn <clears throat> from like personal standpoints or just like general your class bombed this test? It was a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I remember the like like that where like everyone got the same question wrong. It was a PHTLS or something. We were like super pissed. That might just be a bad question. It was a horrible yeah. question. It was it was a terrible question because I I know which one. Yeah, you literally, there. no one in the class got it right. Yeah, got That's it a bad question. Yeah. Um, you I, can tell it's a really good test when everybody fails and everybody got different questions wrong. Yeah. That's a good test. Yep. So if we had to, if we're narrowing down the scope of one subject, and Kelsey, you and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago, is that I. Totally fucked myself in cardiology. 100% fucked myself that I had to literally unfuck and foobar myself <laughs> out of cardiology to relearn how to do it. And what I did was I I looked at our at our instructor and you know he's he's looking at you know EKG rhythms and he's like, okay, we're gonna learn the rules of an EKG. Is it regular? Is it irregular? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it this? Is it that? And I was like, that seems pointless and stupid. No, like it works. I know <laughs> now. But me sitting in there, I was like, well, that seems pointless and stupid. I can look at it and I can go, that looks like a sinus rhythm and remember it. Please refuse, you know, all that good stuff. But what I did was I just looked at the picture of the rhythm and Mm -hmm. said, that's sinus Brady. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And because every test, they use generic computer made, you know, squiggles. Squiggles, yeah. and you can easily sit there and be like, "That's VFib, that's first degree block, that's this, that's whatever," right. without having to use all those rules. And then I started my internship, right? And then I got my first rhythm printout, and I was like, With "All that wonderful artifact. What in the fuck that's is a that? Fucking right. squiggly line." Right. And then I literally sat there and I was like, "I don't even remember my rules. <laughs> I, I, nah, I don't know." So. I totally fucked myself by doing that. And um, I, I, if, if anybody is like me that thinks that they're going to go in and just remember what rhythms look like, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that because you will eventually fuck yourself yeah. to where cardiology will, will be made so much harder. So that was my hardest one. Um and, that, and that's the reason why. So steer clear of that. <laughs> Not me, every rhythm comes out of a book. So just true. learn the damn rules. Yeah, that, that is true. But, you know, like for me, it, cardiology definitely, I think, I think for most people, cardiology is kind of the tough one. Um, so I'm just going to give that as a given that, yeah, I suck at cardiology. <clears throat> but, uh, <laughs> 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 but, uh, <laughs> 
Um, and this, I guess this kind of goes back into the whole, you know, maybe having some experience under your belt wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, and that is get your patient assessment shit in order. Yes. When you go in, assess your patient the same exact way every single fucking time you're in a classroom, it's fine. You get out in the field, guess what? You're going to do the same exact thing. At least in, in the very beginning, you need you to. Know. Right, you mm-hmm. have to. But my like my biggest problem was, and I ended up getting called on the carpet for it, was, you know, we'd go and do these labs, and now, well, yeah, unbeknownst to me, all the labs are videotaped, mm-hmm. you know, and so they go back and they watch tape afterwards. And you know, when they were doing the midterm evaluations, you know, they call me in, you just stand tall before the man, you got the whole freaking, <laughs> you know, the peanut gallery sitting there yep. looking at you. And, and You're go, sweating bullets. Yeah, like, oh, crap, I suck. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and they go, well, here's the problem. We see you go in, you make patient contact, you ask a few questions, and then all of a sudden you go and you start, you know, you get your vitals and you start treating. And we don't know how you get there. And I'm like, really? And like, yeah, every single time you go in, you ask a couple questions, take some vitals, and then boom, you immediately start treating, and we don't, we don't see your flow. We don't see you do your full assessment. And they said, but what's really got us, and literally like the one, the head of the program, mm-hmm. said, and what's really has us scratching our heads is the fact that you're fucking right every time. <laughs> but we don't know how you're getting there. You mm-hmm. know, and he's like, we don't want that to be a problem down the road, you know, where you're going to need to have a, a good, you know, uh, assessment foundation. So yeah, I took that definitely to heart and uh, went back and, because at the time, yeah, I was an EMT for two years, bus, right. you know, running and gunning, you know, 24 hours a day. So it was like I knew how to just talk to someone and get the information I needed. Right, and that's you know? it. You build up a lot of bad habits before <coughs> yeah. you even go to school, yeah. you know, and you're in this routine and rhythm, and then they throw all of this new stuff at you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's – it's really a rabbit hole. Paramedic school is a rabbit hole for EMTs and AMTs to, to you know, run down because they're sitting there and they're like, ooh, I have all these new new things, new tools. shiny tools and toys that I'm automatically going to play with. Right. Like, yep, they're short of breath. They're wheezing. I'm giving them, you know, Decadron and Atrovent and Albuterol. And it's like, oh, wait, I forgot to even see if they're breathing. Like, you know, <laughs> and and you're already going down like, what can I give them? Right. But I've forgotten how to be a BLS provider, you know, and that assessment falls into that BLS provider because your ALS assessment and your BLS assessment is virtually identical. Same, yeah. You know, like I, I do the same thing. I might ask a couple different questions, but ABCs are ABCs on both sides, yeah. you know. So make sure that's a solid foundation for sure. Definitely. And the only thing I would say is make sure you wear your eye protection. Oh yeah. Team safe BSI. No, actually wear your yeah. eye protection. Well, I don't know what y'all schools is like, but <laughs> y'all schools. At mine, uh, I'm sorry, that was my uh, my Florida was showing. Whoa. Me. Let me zip that up. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, but no, like, you know, for me, uh, where we went to school, they would shoot you in the face with a 10 mil flush mm-hmm. if they caught you without your eye protection. So yep. needless to say, I went home with a wet face all the time. <laughs> yep. Because I just wouldn't do it. I'd just be like, okay, I'm going to you know, intubate. I'm going to do this. And oh. <laughs> Although I did get the kudos the one time where I was I was making my attempt. They shot me in the face and I just shrugged it and went right in. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. Vomit all over the face and I still made the tube. Awesome. Nice. So uh, I'm kind of curious as to get Emily's take on this question. 
via like nursing, nursing school. school because because really there's a lot of nursing that overlaps you know at least um you know book wise like oh, knowledge the majority base. of it does right you yeah. know it maybe skills differ here and there but you know you said you were really bad at pharmacology but what what do you think was kind of the the meat and potatoes of your struggles i think for my struggles it was understanding normal and then understanding the disease process and why why is the DKA patient presenting like this? Because I know in a normal person, this is what's going to happen. And now I know that in DKA, this is going to happen because this is what's happening in the body. Mm-hmm. So I think really just getting a basic understanding of your A&P and how your body works is huge. Because remember, like, I, I love that solely for the fact that, you know, we've said it on this program. EMTs tend to see and treat. They they see blood, see blood, ding, blood hole. <laughs> um, you know they see shortness of breath and a low O2 sat, so they give oxygen. They don't know why, right. but we're gonna treat right. it. You know, whereas a paramedic, you now have to see have to something, take these into consideration. right, yeah. and go. Well, why is this happening? And what am I going to do about it? It's not so much see shortness of breath, give oxygen. It's see shortness of breath. Why are they short of right. breath? Is this a respiratory problem? Is it a cardiac problem? Is this, you know, some other, you know, trauma problem? And then fix it. Yeah, and one of you the know? things I learned early on, I mean, it, it, it took a little bit to figure it out. But, you know, I guess when we do this, we, we, we're probably all problem solvers at heart. That's kind of why we want to do puzzles. This. Yeah, we like puzzles. We're we like solving puzzles. Figuring things out and coming up with the answers. And uh, don't get so caught up in finding the answer. Right. You yes. Because that was my, one of my biggest things was, it was like, well, why? Okay, but yeah. then why? But then <laughs> why? But then why? I mean, you know, like, you know, we've been on scene 45 minutes. And it's like, <laughs> but, but why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're, you know, no. I remember how reading. many. Wait, wait, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I remember how many times that you and I had discussions and I'd be like, Gerard, it's not black and white. It's that lovely. It's that lovely. Right. It's that lovely gray area that he hated. And I'd be gray. like, it, it's, it's in there. You just have to go in there with it. <laughs> Come on in. The water's fine. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> I need answers, Dan. I feel like that is just a really big point to bring out is that if you are a black and white person, you're going to struggle because yeah. it's all Trust gray. Me. Yes. Yeah. You are going to struggle. To learn to be satisfied with, okay, that's mm, about right. Yeah. Not this is definitively exactly what the problem is. Um, and, of course, that goes to, you know, we... We have things that we can do now at the paramedic level that we couldn't do as an EMT that, you know, we need to know the whys, but we need to know the whys to a, extent, a, certain, right. extent. a certain extent. Yeah. Yep. So one of the big questions we got was additional resources that weren't required that like carried you through, super helped you out, like textbooks, like online learning platforms that helped you the most through school. Medic materials. Okay, besides <laughs> plugging medic materials. Plug. <laughs> um, no, actually, you know, when uh, when you sent me the overview of this, I, I actually started thinking about stuff that I personally use. There's, there's things like I don't go and research like my own videos when I want to know stuff because that would be weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not right? like, that's not narcissistic right. at all. Um, but um, 
but if you're if you're a visual, you know, auditory type learner, me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's so true, right? Um, you know, if if you're into watching YouTube and you know having free education at your fingertips, um, you know, everybody plugs Khan Academy. I think their stuff is phenomenal. Yeah, a lot of pathophys on there. That's really I, go, I go to Khan Academy and watch stuff all the time. The other one that I watch uh, is Ninja Nerds. Ninja Nerds is on YouTube. Um, they are MD, it's like MD level stuff. Mm -hmm. And they break it down on a big like whiteboard. And it is phenomenal. Some of the stuff for the paramedic level will go over your head because they get into the doctor level stuff. But if you can follow along up until that point, you get such great information. I love their stuff, but they're longer videos. We're like Khan Academy's like five to 15 minutes. The Ninja Nerds are like whole lectures. So they'll be like an hour, you know, 45 minutes mm. to like an hour and a half. I kind of just jump through them where I need to be. Um, those would be mine. Of course, here, podcasts are huge now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like 500 different podcasts out there for EMS. I don't know of a single one that acts like us. <laughs> um, that's probably why our show is growing. Um, but there's a lot of really good information out there. You know, podcasts. Yeah, well, you're the podcast person, Em. Like, I'm sure you have like 60 oh of them downloaded. I love them. Yeah. yeah like, uh, was it... Um Medic mindset, FOMED. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of and there's, there's a lot of ones paid ones too. Like if you're willing, yeah. I I am not willing to pay for stuff. That's why either. like I want medic materials to be as free <laughs> as possible. <laughs> um, but you know there are really good paid places too. Like yeah. there's you know there's EMT prep. There's life in the fast lane. Yeah. That's a again great one. fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous website. So there are paid options as well. There's this lovely Instagram. It's called Pass with Pass. I follow them. Every day they post something new to learn. They go BLS to ALS, the whole nine about stuff that yep. will help you pass any exam. I follow them as well. Cool. Yep. What about any textbooks that you guys got like, I mean, like in advance oh, that you I read didn't, through? I didn't get anything in advance. No. Okay. Well, know. So uh, the orange book. I um, have a picture of. The... Uh, uh, it's called the Rapid Interpretation of EKGs, EKGs. by Dale Dubin, MD. Yeah, so that it's one bright orange. It is literally bright orange. Um, that one is literally a picture book written at a third graders level for EKGs. Perfect. It I helped me that. so much on EKGs in the beginning. Like I actually read that book when I was an intermediate. I didn't even pull that book out when I was a medic. I, I read it well before class. So that was a good book. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I used his father-in-law, so that helped me get through class. Yeah. Well, I don't think I can donate <laughs> Mark Foster to the uh, paramedic programs I mean, of the world. Yeah. yeah. Once He's you, just going to tell you you suck much, anyway. Once, once you, you walk in there, you know, with some swagger and you sit down and he runs a couple scenarios with you and then you leave, you know, no swagger and beaten and you know, just <laughs> a, a shell of a human being. And you're like, OK, wow, well, I, I didn't survive that. Yeah. Yep. But that's true. You know, finding somebody 
that you can have those discussions with. Yeah. You know, that is something find, like yeah, find an experienced provider. Yeah. Find somebody smarter than right. you. That's but, not salty. But that is willing that is to sit well, down with you yeah. and have the conversations. You know, there are plenty of providers out there that are really good at their job, but really awful in teaching. Mm. And you don't want to get with one of those. You know, it, it Mark was a fabulous uh, you know, tool for us. Mm-hmm. We literally sat right where we are now and talked for two, three hours. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, what about this? What about that? What about this? Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, you're like, I don't know anything. Why am I even doing this? Right. That's just like, you know, used cars. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, back up career 47. Here right. I come. But the experience that you get out of that, you know, he was the one that taught, you know, the whole adenosine concept right. that now I teach people. You know, he's the, the one that why we don't over oxygenate people anymore. Right. You know, when you go through the you know, your father in law's school of of, you know, oxygenation, you actually understand why we don't do it. Mm-hmm. It was it's funny, I had a uh, conversation with someone the other day and it was like you know, we're talking about pet peeves, and like one of my biggest ones that really just gets under my freaking skin is the people who just regurgitate the same information over again without having any understanding of what they're saying. Right. And I, I can already picture a couple in, their, in my head right now where if you went to them and said, why don't we want to over patients? They're instant, uh, free radicals. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's a free radical? It's why we don't over oxygenate patients. <laughs> well, why don't we over oxygenate patients? Free radicals. Free radicals. <laughs> yeah. Duh. You know, Didn't it, you just hear me? Yeah. I mean, if anyone has seen Idiocracy, it's the whole, you know, electrolytes. That's what plants crave. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that, yeah. That gets under my skin. And I didn't want to be like that. And yeah, like walking out, learning about oxygenation from your, your father-in-law was like, Okay, that's why we don't do it. Yep. So, um, for everybody that doesn't have a Mark Foster in their life, how should you choose your preceptor? I, I, know. I know. We just get. Oh, we, oh, I don't want to clone Patreons. him. Patreons. Patreon. We are new Patreons. We get a Mark Foster doll with a pull string in the back. <laughs> goes, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking into it. <laughs> we do that it. is the we best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, so for the USAC doll that hasn't been released yet, <laughs> what is the best, like, I guess, attribute that you're looking for when you're choosing who your preceptor is, when you're choosing where your agency is? I mean, clinical time is really where you're going to make or break how you're going to be as a brand new provider. So in the field, like, what are you looking for when you figure out where you want to go? I want to hear Emily's take on this. Mm. Why? I didn't do field time. doesn't matter. You see a lot of students come through a lot of different agencies that you work for. So, and you see a lot of different preceptors. So what happened to Kelly when she didn't speak up? (laughs) (laughs) Her and I had a real heart to heart behind a closed door. Listen, I think Kelly did great. Um, I, I think there's a couple factors you have to, Pay attention to for this. You can't go to an agency that's not doing any calls. That's not really going to be any helpful to you. So you need to do calls. You need to find somebody that's going to match. I don't want to say match your personality, but somebody that you're going to thrive with learning from. So, you know, like it's hard to say an example because I feel like I could learn from all of you guys, but I can like you. You can be a good provider, but if I'm not going to learn from you, you're not going to be my top choice to be um a preceptor. I also think that you don't want to pick somebody that you're 
best friends with or True. like I would never go and ride with my brother-in-law because we're too close. I want to be challenged. This mm -hmm. shouldn't be easy. This isn't something that's just going to be a walk in the park. I want to be challenged every single call I do. So even if it's a run of the mill chest pain, there better be a question that I don't know that I need to look up and educate on. So I think that you can't don't take the easy way out of that. Yeah, just be honest with yourself. Like, I mean, for me, I, I had two preceptors because I rode in two different places. And um, the one of them actually happened to be my friend. But the only reason I did do it with him was because he's the kind of friend that he will step on your nuts <laughs> the moment you screw up. And he don't care, you know, whether you're his buddy or not. But that's and worth he it. He stepped on my nuts plenty of times. Exactly. So that's why I, like I, I could I ride right with now. either of you. You guys would challenge me. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you slide. I'm not know. saying don't ride with your friends, but make sure that it's not gonna be the right. easy way be out. with yourself. Right. You know, is this is this a friend? You know, you're just gonna you know bro down in the right. back of the rig, or is, are you actually gonna you know do something? And the other one, we could talk Star Wars all night long. So it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I kind of have to piggyback on all of that in that. You know, I agree. Go to an agency, find an agency that's busy. But I'm I'm in the opinion that don't go to the same agency that you're already employed by. 100% agree. So, you know, you already know the ins and outs of that system. You already know how the EMTs work and, and the paramedics work and the system works because you're in it. Go somewhere that you have no experience whatsoever, right? Go to If you work only transport ambulances, go to a fly car system, yes. right? If you work in a fly car system as a BLS provider, go to a transporting unit yeah. where it's only an EMT and a paramedic, right. you know, go or city fire departments. Right. Yeah, like something, if, something you, totally if you were different. always rural, go somewhere that's densely populated. Yes. You know, if you're, you know, always in the city, go out to a busy rural agency, yeah. Yeah. you know, for 45 we're, minutes. Right. Yeah. Now you have to see a patient contact for not seven minutes, but 45 to an hour or something of that nature. You know, maybe you'll utilize air medical a little bit more, yeah. whereas you never would call them in the beginning, you know, in your normal, yeah. uh, you know, district. So that's, that's agency. Yeah. Preceptors, you know, there are a lot of people, again, that are really good providers, but really shitty teachers, you know, and um, if you go this whole, you know, this whole industry is based off of reputation. People's reputations precede them in this industry. You know, I can go and be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Gerard at this agency. I oh really want to I really want to <laughs> ride with Gerard. You really want to work with no, Gerard. You know, it's, it's the same thing as like my father-in-law, you know, like yeah. everyone's like, I really want to ride with Mark because he's so freaking smart and he's going to challenge me in this at the other thing. And he's phenomenal. Well, he built that reputation over 20 years, you know, and people flock to that, yep. you know, because they know what they're going to get when they get to him. But there's only a certain type of person that goes to him, the ones that really want to learn. Right. The ones that are going to sit there and play PlayStation while they're, you know, while they should be looking at Worrying books. about going on a call. Right. Yeah. Are not going to seek out. The marks right. and the me's and the use where, you know, we're going to make you work for 12 hours, you know. Right. Um, so I agree that you need to find someone that you work well with, that you gel with, that you could learn from. But I also think you really need to 
do your research on providers and see how much instruction they actually are willing to do with you. And ask like, your school. Right. I mean, these schools do this year, year after year after year. They know, especially in specific areas, they know which providers are going to, especially they're seeing you learn, they're seeing you in your educational setting. Ask them who they think. Yep. I agree with that 100%. So what other tips would you have for people who are going into the field to succeed, to learn the most that they can in their ride time. <laughs> there is no downtime. There is none. So no. you have a slow day. You should be doing skills on a dummy, going through scenarios, yeah. learning something that you didn't fully understand. You know, always drug bag. keep I mean, Jesus, learning. Yeah, you can just sit there and freaking. Okay, what do we use this drug for? How? What's our dosage? You know, mm-hmm. what's our roots of administration? Actually, one of my favorite things you know? about Mark is. He taught the airway class at our agency, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we know these drugs." And he's like, "All right, how's oh, it packaged?" Really? Yeah. And we're like, right. uh, "I'm packaged? sorry, what? Good one. Yes. I don't right. fucking know." Yep, yeah. that's because you suck. Yeah, right. you what should that's know exactly all that information. You <laughs> suck. <laughs> <laughs> See, we got to get the doll, man. Oh, that's so creepy. I love it. Um, but no, it, oh, it's we got different versions too. Ooh, the right. flight version and the ground version. There you go. Um, Does the flight version have the little pin with wings on it? it Absolutely. That's where the water shoots out from. <laughs> Are you wearing your eye protection? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> professional people call that a callback. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what the question was. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is why I don't listen. <laughs> I'd get lost. Um, but no, in in terms of like where you're going to be, you know, what you can do for ride time specifically, I agree. No downtime. That was the one thing that I regret so much about my internship is that I had a fabulous preceptor. However, that preceptor knew me for 10 plus years and was like, you're smart. You know everything. What do I have to teach you? Yes. And I sat there and I played PlayStation because that's what I did. And I, I, you know, I, I piggybacked off of Mark and we did calls together, but he wasn't my primary. And I lost a lot of the interactions that I could have had with my preceptor because I apparently knew everything. And, you know, it's no slight to... That preceptor, it was just, it didn't gel as as best as I wanted it to. And, um, you know, I still respect that individual to this day. Like, again, no hard feelings. It was just, I wish I got a little bit more out of my internship. And I could have, again, I could have taken it upon myself to, instead of playing PlayStation, I could have opened up a book. and I, But I fed into the, oh, I guess I know everything already, you know, and that didn't help. So, you know, there is no downtime. Badger your preceptor. I was going to say self-advocate. I, yeah, you know, I was just going to say take biggest. initiative. Badger your yeah. preceptor. Hey, I need to do this. I'm struggling with this. You're going to help me figure it out. Right. I, you know? like, I had a similar thing where it was like, um, in the beginning, it was, you know, it was all business. Uh, I mean, with the one, it was always all business. But uh, with the other one, it was, we had a, a very interesting call. And, uh, you know, of course, they put me in point and say, you know, this is all you, you know, take care of it. And, and maybe the lesson here is, like, don't show them like you actually know shit early on just play dumb but, but no i mean actually I, I rocked the call 
and it was it was it was it was a toughie. And um, after that, he was like, "Yeah, you're fine," you know. And mm-hmm. we pretty much talk Star Wars, you know, most yeah. of the other nights. I mean, we we did we. I'm not gonna say we we didn't do anything, but you know, he kind of. I guess he gave he, you that pass. Yeah, he realized he's like, you know what, this this kid knows what he's doing. He don't need it, from, right? Know, but, but that brings up another point because you're going to have things you're good at and you're going to have things you're not. Right. Every you know, you guys were like, oh, cardio- cardiology was a struggle. I love cardiology. I always have. So cardiology was never my struggle. But if I'm going to go on a cardiac patient call, that's right. where I'm going to thrive. But that doesn't mean that I don't have something to learn about it, or it doesn't mean that I know respiratory right. or mm-hmm. neuro. So keep. Yeah. Advocate for yourself. Like, there's things you don't know. Right. I promise. I, sh- I should have yeah. taken it upon myself. It. You know, this is all looking yeah. back and and things I could have done better. Mm-hmm. And it could have been okay. Hey, let's you know, let's go over some. So I have a question. Or, you know, things like yeah, that. and, and it, it's 100 percent accurate. Yeah. And you know? that's going to be really hard to do because you guys are going to be exhausted. You're working. You're in school all the time. Now you're doing your ride time, so you're working for free, and it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> you have to keep putting the effort in. Yeah, it is only a year. It flies. It really does. It flies it by. It really does. I would start nursing school again tomorrow if I could. I loved it. I'd start law school tomorrow. Shit. <laughs> 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 okay. So this question is for Emily. Oh my god. Are I'm you excited? Stop. Are you excited? I'm ready. Hot so, seat. Uh, you see both sides of this, but as an ERRN, what do you expect from people coming in for their hospital time? What do you expect and what do you want them to take out Please, of it? Please, for the love of God, do not be a fly on the wall. Yes. I know that ER nurses are bitches. I get it. I you know. You guys do have mean faces. Like, we have perfected resting best. Yeah. Especially with the mask on, I just need bitch eyes. That's it. I, I'll give you my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> Go ask questions. You know, especially now, like the ER volumes are really high. So everybody's super high stress. Don't take their attitudes personally. It's not against you. They don't even know you. So they can't not like you. But you're there for an education. You're not there because they need to like you. You don't need to like them. There's a purpose for your for your time. So get in there and do it. I'm telling you, there is a task to be done. And find it. But with that being said, if a nurse looks at you and they just gave you 10 IVs and four med pushes and they're like, hey, can you grab vitals? Don't be like, oh, it's not my job. Help them out. Yeah. They're going to help you out a lot more if you're going to help them out. And I'm not saying like go take vitals for everybody in the department. You're there for something else, but it's give and take. Yeah. Like when I would go to the hospital and I would, you know, be assigned a nurse. um, First thing I would say is walk up. Hey, you know, introduce myself. Paramedic student. What can I do to make your life easier? That's why and I'm here. And we want to know, like, <laughs> yeah. where are you at in the program? I'm going to say, like, not all ER nurses yeah. are the same as me. I kind of know where the program's at. I know what they're expected to know only because I have people that are in the program almost every year. Um, so I know that they should be doing med pushes. I know that they should know these specific medications. If you're supposed to know a medication and they ask you about it, don't assume that they don't know that you're supposed to know that. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you can't tell me what Zofran is and you have two weeks left of this program, you are in trouble. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like with me, yeah. Um, after a couple of nights, they, my nurses actually knew what I needed to work on. So it was like, okay, you, you still need more IVs, right? Okay, go to the pit, and you're just gonna do IVs tonight. Yeah. Or, okay, you need med pushes. Okay, we're gonna keep you. Go follow her around, and uh, we're gonna, you know, if I get somebody over here, we're gonna just gonna throw, you know, throw you between, you know, the three of us. And, and paramedic students are gonna go in the ER with another paramedic student. Separate. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. need two of you at the same time. Right. Go do other things. Go on two different areas of the ER. Do something different. When you see them trying to flip, you know, the drunk vagrant that's you know <laughs> laying on his stomach, 
you know, don't just watch them do it. Just run over there, grab the dude's hips, and help flip the guy over. Because right. guess what? There, As you, you just said, made a friend. Right there, you know? there is a significant amount of give and take yeah. in the ER. I mean, you know, they will. I was forever referred to as muscles after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I couldn't remember your name. No, I couldn't. <laughs> but muscles, come here. <laughs> there was, you know, in in my experience when I did clinicals, I initially for like the first week. I was in one section of the ER because the other uh, paramedic student that was with me took the other end of the ER. So we did the split and I took like the main zone of this ER. And I will tell you, it was an awful experience because it literally was like, oh, you're a fucking student. Yeah, I don't need you. Go away. And you'd walk up and you'd be like, I'm here to do stuff. I want to do stuff. How can I help you guys out? And they'd be like, you can't go away. So literally for the first week of clinicals, I stood around. I didn't yeah. do anything because there was zero opportunity for them to let me do anything. Then I walked down to the other side of the ER and I found one nurse and she was like, oh, you want to do stuff? Yeah. And she was like, stick with come me. under my <laughs> wing yeah. and stick with me. And then it was gravy throughout the rest of the thing. Like literally I would walk in. Like I was a nurse in there, you know, you walk in, you introduce yourself. Hey, I'm paramedic student. This is what I'm here for. I would get why they're there. Baseline set of vitals, like do an initial assessment. Like you are not only there to do med pushes and IVs. I can't tell you how many times I'd be like, you know, I know that these two students that are on my days need IV. So I'd be like, Hey, can you get an IV on them? And they're like, yeah. Be like, Hey, did you grab the bloods? Oh no, we don't do blood draws in the, well, in the yeah. field and I was like but you're in a hospital right. right and every single patient that you put an IV in is gonna get blood and right. now I know this is a big thing for everybody here like go with that PA and help him pack that I'll give you the cyst. tubes sure no problem <laughs> yeah I'll never want to freaking you know eat spaghetti again but sure <laughs> no problem you know? <laughs> so I know this is a pet peeve for literally all three of you how hospital time is not just about skills oh for real. <laughs> I feel like you need to, oh, elaborate you need on to that say one. more. Please do not tell me that you are only here to put IVs in and give drugs. Because you are, I will put you in a corner and I will leave you there for eight hours. I don't want to hear that. Go in and talk to these patients. Put your hands on them. You have 50, 60, 70 patients that you can get assessments on to perfect your assessment skills. Yeah. And then you have this huge like an addition in that you know what's wrong with them by the end of their care. So you can see if your assessment was on point, you can see if there's something you need to tweak, like, oh, well, I knew that was weird, but what did that mean? Well, there's their diagnosis. You'll mm -hmm. learn shit that you're never going to learn in class, yep. lab values, yes. things like that. If, if you show just a, you know, an umpteenth bit of interest and, you know, somewhat, you know, some competency, I mean, some of them will, I mean, they'll open the world up to you. And I, I was going to say right now, you know, bedside manner and patient assessing, mm -hmm. you, you, you have a controlled, for the most part, a controlled chaotic environment, but still a controlled environment. And, you know, you're not out there without a safety net. You got great opportunity to go in there, learn to talk to people all different ages, you know, races, colors, creeds, whatever. Start IVs on, you know, on, on African-Americans, start IVs on, you know, people, you know, elderly, geriatrics. I mean, you, you've got the whole swath out there and it's at your fingertips. And uh, I was going to say, but, I mean, it was one of the things that made the difference in my shadow shift where you have to go with the medical director. And 
it was the difference between me staying until one o'clock in the morning and me going home after about an hour and a half mm-hmm. is when, you know, go assess the patient. Okay. Assess the patient, come back. Yeah. I think, I think he's got a, uh, acute appendicitis doc goes in, sends him out, comes back with a CT, calls you over. Hey, look, acute appendicitis, peck a shit, go home. Yep. You yeah. Know? And, and I think, difference. yeah, you know? I, I 100% second everything that you guys just said. It is definitely a pet peeve at the table. I know you told me you were going to hit me if I never reassess a patient. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, oh uh, no, he flat out told me that there were two reasons I would be hit was if I unscrewed the whole saline cap with my teeth was reason yep. number one. And reason number two was if I got an IV and never went back to reassess my patient. Those were the only two reasons that but he was going to hit me. But even if you go me. and do an initial assessment, and then you come out and you go and give that Zofran and some fluids, go reassess them. Mm-hmm. You're going to do that on an ambulance. Yeah. Do it now. Absolutely. Right. Why not? But, you know, the other thing that I was going to add is don't be the peckerheads that go in and go, all right, I need one OB, one cardiac, oh, yeah, one don't. respiratory, oh, and go, oh, okay, that's not OB? Yep, no, yeah. I don't need that one today. Uh, just wait for the next OB to come in. Look at everyone. And when Look I have a really critical OB... Please not be like, oh, can I go in? I need an OB. Like, well, they're half dead, so give me a minute. Right. Yeah. I don't care about your paperwork. And I'm going to tell you, I will sign anything put in front of me if you put the effort in. Mm -hmm. We can make an OB scenario, and I will totally sign it. I hope no school officials are listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) She's of childbearing age, (laughs) abdominal pain. Sure. OB. Sounds like OB to me. Yep. But no, I, and that's the thing you'll have, like she said, I mean, you're, you're hearing it from a nurse, you know, she's going to be the one that you're going to be with and mm-hmm. you know, you, you just look got, for the Emily's you, in the yeah, ER. Got, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't look for the Kelly's cause you're never going to find her again. <laughs> <laughs> she gone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's in a pit somewhere rubbing lotion on her skin. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Joe Dirt reference. No, that was a Silence of the Lambs reference. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Don't worry uh, about it. I have no idea. Okay. Skip. Carry I tried. Wow. Skip. On. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to go <laughs> crack myself in the head with a bat. We'll see y'all later. You got the keys? No. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, little, too, that's too messy. Yeah. Too He'll soon. stay in the carpet. Too soon. <laughs> okay. So I guess this is specifically for you two. If there was one thing that you could change, if you could go back and do differently, what would it be? Or for Emily in nursing school? Ooh. Oh, God. There's a lot I would change. More specifically, what do you mean, like, what I would change? Like, like, if there was one thing that you could walk in on day one and be like, I'm going to do this differently to leave school better, what would it have been? Would you have made more friends or, you know, listened to your instructor's BS rant about something that you thought was irrelevant that came up five years later? I feel like we actually, at least you and I, took a lot of our instructors very seriously. Yeah, I didn't, um, even when we had the one where, you know, the thing that separated us was a common language. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys just said that you would be more proactive in your ride times. And I, I, I so, agree yeah. with that. I, I definitely you would relearn cardiology differently. I would definitely relearn I, cardiology. I, was but say, I think I would, I would definitely put more time into the cardiology. Uh, just, I just went with the flow and, you know, whatever the schedule was, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't work ahead. I didn't, you know, try to learn anything more than I was supposed to learn. I just, you know, if it was in the, sy- the syllabus, that's what I did. And I did it, you know, on schedule, on task, nothing more, nothing less. 
Um, I think maybe a little bit more in certain areas, like cardiology would have been one. Um, you know, walking in and seeing our instructor with the birthing mannequin between her legs, <laughs> I, I don't think I would ever want to do that again. <laughs> uh, I, still, I, think that, I think that's still why I scream at night, you know. Um, but, but no, um, I think just a little bit more effort into learning more than I should than I was supposed to. You know what I mean? Learning more than what was required. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit more above, uh, I think would have made things a little bit easier down the road. And, and I agree in that, you know, I should have done the proactiveness. I should have done the, you know, be more prepared for cardiology and learn it differently. Um, but I also, I, I, I also had, a lot of times where there were instructors, at least in our program, that halfway through the program realized that, hey, this guy gets it and he knows what to do in this scenario. And they were like, Turek, stand in the corner. Shut up. Don't right. say anything. Don't mention anything. You're their partner. If they tell you to do something, you do it, whether it's right or wrong. And we're going to let them figure it out. And I'm like, I almost feel like that hindered me because I, I have the ability to contribute and grow as a group. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I feel like, again, there should have been some self-advocacy there in that yeah. if that's happening to you, be like, no, I'm going to run this scenario. Like, I, I've been quiet on the last three three stations like this one's mine i'm doing it Dibs. you know right and not giving the instructors a choice you know so again i think it just falls into that self advocacy mm. thing yeah, mine kind of plays a part on yours though when i was in nursing school you know i think that being in the healthcare field for as long as i was before i went to nursing definitely helped me and you can see people that maybe even are the same age as me went to college years ago and now they're coming back. I almost wish I don't almost, I wish that I had taken the time to like sit down with them and be like, how can I help you? Because teaching something solidifies it that much more. So even though I know it and like, yes, you know, we did this for heart blocks. I got heart blocks, but not everybody does. Mm -hmm. So I wish that I could have like given them the cheats to kind of help them along. Yeah. And that would just solidify education in my mind a little more because well, teaching it back you really know if you can exactly. teach somebody else yep. instead i was like oh heart blocks like oh i'm done with that quiz i'm out yep i'm going yep. home i should like i kind of wish i had been more of a resource to them yeah it's, it'd probably be a little bit more of a team player I yeah guess. same thing here just um you know when i would go in you know yeah you're learning how to use your resources and all that but you know, at the end of the day, like, again, it goes back to my whole, you know, assessing thing. Like, a lot of stuff I was just doing in my head. Mm -hmm. And it probably wasn't beneficial to, you know, like... Um, the people watching you. Yeah, especially the ones that were, like, brand spanking new to this and, you know, didn't have a lot of experience where, you know, I could have gone through how I'm coming up with my, you know, diagnosis and what I'm, why I'm going to treat with, with what I'm going to do and all that stuff. So I think being a better teammate probably would have been a better idea. I think that's a really good thought, too, because, I mean, for a year of your life, you're stuck with these people, whether you like them or not. They basically mm -hmm. end up as your family from the way you guys yeah. make it seem. And these are also the people that could show up and be taking care of your actual family exactly. one day. Exactly. So taking the time to help somebody learn something that you already know might not be the end of the world, but it yeah. might really help a patient down the road. Yep. 
And it solidifies that team mentality. Yeah. You know, these are these could be your coworkers. I couldn't tell you how many people that we went to school with that now I work with. Yeah. You know, whether it be on the helicopter or the, you know, the fly car or the ambulance, it it doesn't matter. I see them yeah. as coworkers. You know, and um, you know, they they could hold that grudge from medic school right. when you were like you know, they come up to you, hey, can can you teach me, you know, about CHF? And you're like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Right. No. Right. No, I'm going you to know? get food. Thanks. I'm, I already know it. You got to learn it. You know, Th- that there is always a comeback to yeah. that. So, right. yeah, I definitely think you're on to something with, you know, you're all there to be individuals, but they're, you're all there as a team as well. Like you're baseball. Only as strong as your yes. weakest link. Correct. Yep. It is definitely a very sink or swim kind of mentality in medic school, especially at the group level. Like you walk in and you're in a lab, you are there with your group. If that group fails, it fails. fails, Like the whole group fails, fails, you know, and you walk out battered and bullied and feeling like a terrible provider. And that is normal. Do not be discouraged because you feel like, Oh, I killed another person. Yes. yes now is did. the time to do that. Now is the time, and you learn from that. I always look back to that one um, where, you know, I caused us to fail. because Mike and I weren't in the same group. I'm talking about my group, um, where it was the, uh, you know, the person in custody with the gunshot victim and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the person in custody, you know, doing all that. Yep. I did everything right. I didn't fall for the red herring. I treated appropriately. You know, the person that was, you know, injured, you know, did my assessment, did everything to the letter. But when I let my smart ass mouth, you know, open get the up, best of you. get the best of me and say something back to the, you know, to the person that was in custody, which, you know, was yelling all kinds of obscenities at you. And uh, I thought I was going to be, you know, funny and say something back. And then we get the little piece of paper at the end that says, fail unprofessional conduct. Mm-hmm. Failed the whole group because I couldn't help myself and yeah. had to say something. You know, and it, it's, it's a shitty feeling. So, you know, if you're someone who, you know, gets the team concept, yeah, you don't want to be that guy that, that fucks it up for everybody else, you know? Yep. Okay. My last question that I have for you guys, biggest piece of advice that you could give everybody in my position right now. Go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> you already enrolled in paramedic uh, school starting in August. Your head drop. You can, you can, you can <laughs> just you just transfer law. building transfer to building. Law. It's, it's yeah, slide right. right over. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to harp on it. Reputation and being humble is the key to success being a paramedic. You know, you're going to learn all of these new skills and you're going to be, you know, feeling like you're on cloud nine, that you can literally save anything with the new bag of tools. You're a big, bad, awesome paramedic now. And if you bring that into the field, you will make mistakes. It is a guarantee. I could not tell you how many brand new providers that strut their stuff and walk out like, oh, I'm big and bad. I got, you know, the Paragod complex literally kill patients because they don't know what they're doing. And if they step back and they look at the bigger picture 
and they're humble in what they know and don't know and their own limitations, they're better providers for it. So I'm going to harp on it. Stay humble through class. Like you are going to get that big head complex and you either need to check it yourself or when your preceptor tells you like, yo, chill down, chill out, like you're starting to get a little cocky, mm -hmm. listen to them and actually change because you are not as good as you think you are. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would just say, I mean, I hate, I'm not going to say, you know, just don't do this and go to law school, uh, but I would seriously want you going into this to really take a moment and think about why you want to do this. Is this something you really, really want to do? Are you looking at it like, oh, this is just a stepping stone to nursing or med school? Honestly, it's not. So you're wasting a year of your life. Uh, if you want to be a nurse, go be a nurse. If you want to you know, get into med school, go into med school. Um, you know, if, if this is just something you want to do, you know, because, hey, it's just I want to do it. Maybe, you know, look into something else. You know, there's plenty of liberal arts degrees. You know, you looks I, really cool on TV, know, man. Right? I had, All the shit that they do on... Oh, have you seen 911? Oh, my oh God. My, <laughs> I could... So accurate. So accurate. Oh, my God. I, I, hey, I remember, you know, my first, you know, trach with a pen in the field, you know? Damn skippy. <laughs> so, I actually had but, a no, pair... I, I would just, to finish and put a bow on it, I, I would just take a moment of self-reflection and, you know, why do you want to do this? And if it's for all the right reasons, do it. You know, if it's for, you know, fortune and glory, <laughs> wrong, wrong career choice. Going to law school. I'm, had with, a, I'm with Gerard on that yeah. one. <laughs> there was a paramedic I did a call with on Tuesday, and she looked right at me, and she said, you will never make enough money to do this job if you don't love what you do. Mm -hmm. Yep. I 100% agree. Like, the, the beating <laughs> that you take... In this job, mentally, physically, financially, like you need to love it. You know, there's never been a job in my life where I have woken up every day and been like, I want to immerse myself in that. I want to, I'm excited to go to work. You know, I'm excited to go to work with these people, except for this job. You have to love it to be able to do it. So if you're all already salty, don't come to class because my good morning, <laughs> every morning will drive you insane. It is very excited and peppy. Good I mean, morning, everybody. Ask yeah. Emily. She deals with me Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. I don't mind it. Rays of sunshine. Yep. Latch on to them. Kelsey will be there. Sure and I will say good morning every morning. Very excited. Yep. And she will. So, Kelsey, you got anything else for us? That is all I got. All right, so we're going to see you on August 15th when we talk all about now you've passed paramedic school and oh. now you're going out under the great beyond. Oh, shit. What, what, kind <laughs> of, what kind of, you know, advice can we give for those people? Run away fast. That's what I'm going to say. Get back in with your parents. <laughs> Done. Yeah, she, she's got you beat. Right. So uh, till next time, guys, stay strong. Donuts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.